This is the Self-Development Podcast, episode number nine. Hey there, welcome to the podcast all about personal growth, pursuing goals, and becoming a better version of yourself. I'm your host, Leonos Kakidando, and in today's episode, we are going to be talking about why you might want to redefine your understanding of success. Okay, so time has made me realize that true success is more of a choice than it is a goal or a destination or an outcome. What I mean is that for a long time, I always had this idea that success was something I had to go after or pursue. But today, that's not how I see success. Instead, I see it as a decision, a choice that is made at a very important turning point of a person's life. So while many people believe that success is when Steve Jobs or Jeff Bezos becomes the highest paid business person, I believe that success was when they decided to go down that path that eventually led them to become successful. If it were not for that decision that they made, we would not be hearing about them today. So here's the thing. I realized something about myself that I used to do. Something I now feel is quite unproductive. I would spend a lot of attention and focus admiring wealthy people, men and women that most of us consider successful. I would want to be like them, to succeed as they succeeded. I would use them as role models, as goals. I wanted to become who and what they were. And you probably are thinking, well, what's wrong with that? Isn't that one of the surest ways of becoming successful? By emulating? My answer is yes, but I want to explain what I think that means, or in the way I have come to understand it. When trying to define success for ourselves, we often model our own idea of success based on someone else's. So if we see someone living in a certain way or has accomplished a certain thing, we also begin to model our own success based on what we're seeing or what we're understanding. However, the problem with with this is that we are doing it based on people we don't really know that well. Let me say it in this way. You are more likely to become as successful as the parent you grow up around than the stranger on TV who's a multi-billion dollar tech business owner. Sure, the reason is that you aren't as exposed to that business owner as you are to your parent or those around you, but the details are what are important. Your exposure means you're not seeing how the daily choices and actions of the person you admire create an impact on their lives or even shape their lives. Success is often celebrated as a milestone by a lot of us, like a moment in time when you turn rich or when you close a huge deal or when other financially wealthy people begin to call on you. But had it not been for that one decision that those currently successful people made those many years back, we would not know about them today. (sighs) You know, um, like for me, myself, right? 
The day I told my friends, family, and even people on the internet that I was working towards becoming a success, I am really sure that a good number of them started paying attention to the actions I would then take, waiting for some event or some action that would trigger that success that I spoke of. Was it going to be that I landed a huge deal? Was it going to be that I sold some product or service so well that it got me, you know, like global recognition? Was it that I was going to introduce some mind-blowing business idea that no one else on the planet had thought of that would eventually just, you know, skyrocket me to success? I think that's what uh, they were waiting for. Some big thing, some big turning point, some big event to happen (laughs) when I said that I was going to commit myself to becoming successful. But... I'll confirm to you now that those things haven't happened or they're not really happening right now. And I'm talking about mind-blowing experiences or events. I guess you can say that I'm just as disappointed as they are that those events haven't taken place yet. But seriously though, if that's how we measure success, if whether these actions or events take place are our way of evaluating whether or not we are going to be, you know, moving towards success, then we have set up a really, really difficult rule or standard of success that will defeat most of us. If, for example, you base the trajectory of success on how many customers you secured in a year, I can tell you that if you have just finished your first year of business with just three customers, then you're a failure, right? Again, we're assuming that we're using such measures to determine whether we will eventually become successful. Let me give you another example. If we say that we will base the trajectory of a person's success on how much revenue they bring in a year, then if you just completed your first year of business with only $10 to your name, then you are a failure. I mean, again, we're assuming that we're using such measures to determine whether we'll eventually become successful. If you use these measures, the amount of revenue, right, the number of customers or the the size of the office, then it becomes very difficult to pursue success, hopeful that we will succeed. Because during the first year of most people's business ventures or pursuits, These things don't happen, don't take place. So I want to challenge you to think about something, a different way of potentially measuring success, a way that some people are adopting and which is actually helping them out. It's a way of measuring success that is a lot more accessible to the majority of us. And that's a bold thing to say, but please hear me out first. Instead of measuring my success based on the number of clients I have acquired this year, the amount of revenue that I generated this year, does it make sense to measure my future achievement on my decision to wake up every day and to work on improving whatever it is that I'm doing? For example, say that I'm a salesperson. You could measure my potential of becoming a success in this field by finding the total number of customers I have sold to. Or you could measure my potential of becoming a success by monitoring if I'm getting better at selling. 
at meeting new people, at meeting more people, at speaking to people better, at explaining the product or service in a better way. Doesn't that also affect future success, even in a small way? The first year of being a salesperson is always the hardest, even for those of us who seem naturally gifted for the role. But it usually has less to do with the business environment or client or product or economy and more to do with how experienced, confident and resilient we are personally as individuals. This could explain why some people perform better than others in the same environment when the set of conditions are fairly the same. You should not expect a beginner with one or two years worth of experience to outperform a goal-focused, self-motivated expert with over 10 years worth of experience in the same field. We tend to forget that the more we actively pursue, the more we change the more we are shaped by that pursuit, the more we understand that pursuit, the more we become experts at that pursuit. You have to pursue with the goal always in mind, with the mindset that you will get better so that you can attain what you ultimately seek. If we learn to measure our potential to succeed based on how we wake up and process life, meaning how we make choices and what we do despite our external situations, we might find better and more accessible answers to questions such as, why do some achieve more than others? When you look at those who have succeeded before you, when you look at those who you admire or want to become like, think about how they live. Think about how they lived before, many, many, many years before they became who they are now, especially those who seem to have maintained their success for a while. Try to think about or understand how they thought, what they did for all those years before you even learned about them. I mean, something must have carried them from where they had started many years ago to who they are today. Something must have carried them before the world took notice of them. Some of these people are in their 40s, in their 50s, in their 60s. We're learning about them today. We do not know what kind of thinking they were going through or what kind of lives they had when they were in their 20s, for example, or their teens, or even their 30s. And this is where I think we need to pay more attention. Because instead of thinking that it is an idea, a business plan, or some task that a person does to become successful, could it not be that it is a life lived or the way a life has been lived for a number of years, decisions that were made, choices that were made? I believe that the thing that leads to success is a choice. A decision that was made at one moment in time. A choice that was made and changed everything. They would get up in the morning and do whatever they needed to do to get better because they chose to. 
Whether they would get 100 clients that year or just one, they believed that they could get better. They could understand more. They could use what they continued to learn to adapt to the changing conditions. They grew stronger, faster, wiser, smarter, more confident, more capable, more resilient, more focused to deal with whatever blessing or curse they would receive when they woke up in the morning to work on what mattered most to them. There is a quote attributed to Bruce Lee that goes something like this. Do not pray for an easy life. Pray for the strength to deal with a tough one. And that's where I'll end on that topic. Hope you found that helpful or something worth thinking about. If you want to leave a comment for this episode, head over to kidando.net. It should be the latest blog post. But before I end this episode, last time I said that I would spend some time on the podcast answering listener questions. Over the past few weeks, I got three listeners who asked the same question. How do I also start a podcast? Two of those listeners didn't mind me mentioning their name. So shout out to Ajolon Mosha. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. And Biseko Bernard. They direct messaged me on Instagram. Okay, so there are a couple of things you will need to consider for podcasting. Number one, where will you publish your podcast? Where will people find your recordings, your audio files? This is all about hosting. You could host a podcast on your website, maybe if you have a blog like me, and when you create a new blog post, you could upload your audio file there. So if people want to hear it, share it, or download it, they can get it from your website. Or you could sign up on platforms that will host those audio files for you. I upload my podcast audio files uh, on my website, kidanda.net, but also on a platform called Afripods. It's fairly new, I believe. They have a podcaster section. If you head over to afripods.com, you can sign up to have a podcaster account. You'll have to be confirmed, but since it's fairly new, you should probably have no issue. So try to open up an account as quick as possible before it becomes a really huge platform. I believe that's where it's headed. Before my website and Afripods, I was using anchor.fm. You might have heard me talk about this. Actually, I talked about it on the first episode. So Anchor is a great platform. They will distribute your podcast episodes when you upload them to a couple of other major podcasting platforms like iTunes and Stitcher. Anchor does this all for free, but I advise you to read the terms and conditions before committing to build a podcast there, a long-term podcast. It's a really good platform for getting started, but probably not the best when you start succeeding in podcasting. That might change in the future though, but um, it's a company that, I mean, it's a company that has only been around for a couple of years, so things might change. Anyway, just make sure that you read the terms and that you know um, how they roll when it comes to publishing and podcast rights. Other platforms you could use to host are iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, but I did not do enough research on them. With SoundCloud, I know that you can upload for free, but there is a limit to the amount of time you can have on a free account. 
iTunes, I believe, requires you to host your own audio files, but then link to them to the iTunes account or something like that. But uh, again, I've not researched. And if you want to have your podcast on iTunes, um, I'm sure there are tutorials online that you can find. And other options are options where you have to pay. So you have to actually pay for the hosting space. But if you're considering becoming a full-time podcaster, I think that's not a problem. I mean, right now, most bloggers are paying for web hosting anyway. Now there are actually uh, websites or platforms that can do podcast-specific hosting. This means that they give you podcast-specific tools. They make it a lot easier. I mean, an alternative would be to have a regular hosting account uh, for a website and then have someone develop those tools for you. So what I'm saying is that there are people that have all this already built on their platforms. All you do is just pay a couple of dollars per year and they provide you with all the hosting, the podcasting tools, including sharing, media file playing and subscription tools, really good stuff. Okay, number two, how will you make those recordings? Well, there's the professional way and the not so professional way. Obviously, the professional way would be to do things in a recording studio. Use professional microphones and decent sound capture devices. And you would probably need to work with someone who's a good sound editor or sound engineer to help you with the recording process. Because there is actually more to this than that if you want to have really high quality recordings. I know all this because I produce music, I do sound design and recording. But I assume that you are probably not a producer and you're not thinking about becoming a producer just so that you can record a podcast. Well, I have great news for you. You can use your smartphone. Actually, I don't record my episodes in a studio environment. I use my phone. And you can do it too. Just make sure that you're in an environment that is fairly quiet. Pick a time of day that is less noisy or less busy maybe. Uh, I do my recordings in the evenings or early in the morning so that my phone doesn't capture too much of the outside world, you know, like traffic and all and whatnot. Most smartphones come with voice recorders built in. So you're good to go. And what I do is that after recording, if you know a bit about sound editing, I then upload it to a tool that I use called Adobe Audition. Adobe Ad Audition, sorry. I used to use a free program called Audacity. Uh, it's a really good tool, but um, I actually kind of know my way around <laughs> editing sound. So Audition is pretty proper. Anyway. But you can also check out the Anchor app. Anchor app has got recording and publishing built into it. So when you decide to do a recording, when you're done recording, you can do stuff to your recording. Uh, you can do things like add background music. You can then, of course, it gives you publishing tools. There are a lot of options. So it's a pretty good app to get started with. In fact, if you're really new to podcasting, just go to Anchor and begin creating a podcast there. But that's my advice. You should definitely do your own research on this. Go to Google and YouTube. They'll give you a ton of resources on podcasting for beginners if you've never done it before. All right. Uh, thank you guys for asking me that question. I think, I hope I've been helpful. I hope um, 
there is something in there that you can use to help you get started on podcasting. I definitely want to uh, know when you begin podcasting. I'll definitely subscribe. Lastly, if you'd like to leave me a message uh, or a question, sorry, related to what we talk about on the podcast or about self-development in general, just send me a message on my Twitter or Instagram uh, profiles on social media. My username is Kidando, K-I-D-A-N-D-O. If you like, you can even send me an email if you prefer to ask that way. My address is leon at kidando.net. That's leon at kidando.net. I'll definitely leave this information on the pod, on the blog episode for this podcast. Wow, what a long episode. Thank you for spending all this time with me. I greatly, greatly, greatly appreciate it. This is Leon Oscar Kidando signing out. Remember to always make progress and not excuses. Have a good one. <laughs>